RBC is a proud partner and supporter of Powwow Pitch and Indigenous entrepreneurs like Squalwen Botanicals' Lee Joseph. Discover her story in RBC's latest edition of A Chosen Journey at rbc.com forward slash a chosen journey. Traditional healing with a modern vibe. Sister Sage, powwow pitch winner, has got you covered. Cleanse your body and spirit with smokeless smudge, handmade soaps and bath bombs. Peace, love and smudge. Join the Sage fam at sistersage.com. Quay, I'm Sunshine Quem Tenasco, and I'm an Anishinaabe entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi Anishinaabe. I use Shopify to power my business, Herbraids, where I sell beaded pendants that support water security in Indigenous communities across Canada. You can sell your products online too with a 30-day free trial. Visit shopify.com forward slash powwow pitch today to put your products online and grow. Quay. Welcome everyone to the Powwow Pitch Podcast, a show empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. I am your host, Sunshine Quem Tenasco, and I'm an entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi Anishinaabeg. I got my entrepreneurial start on Dragon's Den selling baby moccasins. And today I'm the creator of Powwow Pitch and Her Braids, an author, water protector, mom, and advocate of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Each year, Powell Pitch supports thousands of Indigenous entrepreneurs to tell their stories. I launched this podcast to grow the reach of our entrepreneurial wisdom connected to our rich culture and deep roots as Indigenous people. On this podcast, I interview some of the most successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, makers and creators to share their stories, learnings and wisdom to lift us all. The Powwow Pitch Podcast is a production of Powwow Pitch, syndicated through the Startup Canada Podcast Network and co-presented by RBC, Shopify, and Facebook. Welcome to the show. I have two questions for you. One, are you ready to discuss <laughs> sensuality? Sensuality? Girl, we've both been single for a while. Are we ready? I've <laughs> been born ready. P- poetry? Beauty? Yes. Reclamation? Sure. And entrepreneurship? Yes. Okay, yes, and two, are you ready to join our love in? Oh my. Oh yes. my, okay. Okay, <laughs> so today we have the one, the only, poet photographer, founder of Sweet Moon Photography, Tennille Campbell. Tennille is Dene Métis. Uh, she confirmed that she is not, in fact, Cree uh, just uh, recently. I am also not Cree. So there will be no crees on this podcast. Are we right? <laughs> Just our guest. You're welcome. <laughs> As listeners. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Uh, she's an author from the English River First Nation in northern Saskatchewan. She completed her Master's of Fine Art in Creative Writing from UBC and is a PhD candidate at the University of Saskatchewan. Her newest poetry collection... 
Nedi Nezu. Yeah? <laughs> no. Her, her new, well, let me try again. Her newest poetry collection. That's your cue. No, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> this is language her, learning. I know. We're going to learn this together right now. Nidi, this is what we're doing. Nidi. Nidi Nezu. Which, no. Nidi Nezu. Which explores the beautiful space indigenous women create in life, in relationships, in the land. We are going to come back to the title of her new book and talk more about this. Um, but first, uh, we're going to talk about her first poetry book, Indian Love Poems, an award-winning award-winning collection of poetry that focuses on indigenous erotica using humor and storytelling to reclaim and explore ideas of indigenous sexuality. And Tennille is also the artist behind Sweet Moon Photography and the co-creator of the blog Tea and Bannock. Tennille, my dear friend, welcome to the Pow Wow Pitch podcast. I am happy to have you here. Um, Let's talk about Nedi Nezu. <laughs> Nedi Nezu. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds very close in my mind. Like, I feel like I'm nailing it. I'm like, a lot of people feel like they're nailing it. <laughs> but this is, is going to be the theme of today's podcast. I, it's, it's like, it's, it's a completely different sound. Like, Nai ne. So it's Naidene, like Naidi Nezu, not Naidi Nezu. <laughs> like, I'm just okay. like, oh. <laughs> you're giving up on me. So what did I've you never, say? Nezu. What's Nezu? <laughs> Nezu. Nezu is the part that means good. So Naidi means medicine. Oh, we say Mashkiki. Very different. Very, Very. different. All right. So. I met Tennille. When did we meet? I don't remember. Okay. I remember because we have a very intimate first, <laughs> first <laughs> selfie. Oh, that was the first time. <laughs> that was our first time huh? together forever. <laughs> uh, but it was that women's entrepreneur um, conference in Thunder Bay. And I think it was 2017. Wow. And it was March. I remember this because it was the first time I met Heather Dixon too, right? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of a bunch of y'all. And um I don't know how we started talking, but at one point, like you grab my wrist and you're like, oh, you have a strawberry too. I have a strawberry because of our tattoos. <laughs> and then we're like, let's get a picture together. And like there's this weird selfie of us like with our eyes closed, like mouth open, like <laughs> face to face, cheek to cheek, arms wrapped around each other. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. <laughs> Just, I mean, I'm real lovey-dovey when I feel that vibe. I was you, like, I guess uh, we say hello in the East. I don't know. I'm here for it. Yes. You are lovey-dovey, though. You are. Like, you're those people. Like, remember the last time we went out in Ottawa? Was that the last time we saw each other? Probably. Yeah. Oh, and you kept smiling at people and I couldn't understand <laughs> Why people kept coming over to our table to talk to us. And I was like, this never happens in Saskatchewan. Because, like, I have hard RBF, as do most of my friends. And there's you just, like, smiling away at strangers. And they came over and would talk to us like we're best friends. And you would encourage it. And I was like, what is going on here? 
Oh my God. You know what? That's how we do business here uh, on uh, Anishinaabe territory. Now you know. <laughs> I'm going to get a bunch of DMs from people being like, that's actually the sunshine. <laughs> and yes, you can holler. I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So we met, uh, I, I feel like we rarely talk about work in our, our, our couple of times hanging out. I feel like maybe we touched on it. I feel like you wanted to take pictures uh, at the last conference. Mm-hmm. And you um, wouldn't let me. Yeah, I remember that. Well, I was organizing a con. I just actually didn't have. I'm ready. I'm ready it's when you are. self-care and taking 10 minutes out of your day to let yourself be like appreciated. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I'm right. I'm like, yes. Okay. Let's do it this time. Um, so tell us a bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Like, how did this start? How did, you know, you're, you're, we said this last time, uh, you know, Indian famous. Uh, nah. <laughs> you said that. I have never. I, I think we said that, if I can recall correctly. Like, um, how much, how much drinks are we have? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, but you are you know people people know you rightfully so but like how did this start tell me okay um oh oh, the good old days no i'm kidding (laughs) sweet moon is my business sweet moon photography and it's been since 08 since 2010 and um i specialize in like northern canada northern like throughout canada Indigenous people photographing Indigenous stories, you know, what we need, what we want. Yes. And it took off right away uh, when I moved back from Vancouver to Bouval. And uh, (laughs) I always tell this story because it's hilarious. But when I moved back, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do this because, you know, imposter syndrome, we all have it. And this one woman had heard that I was home and she calls me up at my mom's house on the res and she's just like hey like i heard you're a photographer and i was like no somebody lied to you (laughs) (laughs) and she's like well i'm getting married like in two weeks and i need a photographer so come do my wedding and i'm like are you kidding me like i'm not a photographer and i'm like i can't do a wedding like my first gig like i can't (laughs) and she's like well i'll pay you like 500 dollars." and i'm like okay i guess i'm a photographer (laughs) Woo. And I did this, but I like literally sat down with this bride and I was like, listen, <laughs> listen, I can't guarantee anything. <laughs> oh my God. I was just going in wild and I was like, I have a cool camera. I kind of know how to use it, but I can't guarantee anything because I've never done this before. Like I've never shot a wedding, but to this day, like some of those portraits are still my favorite. And that was like over a decade ago. Wow. So, yeah, it's, I, I'm always like thankful to her because like <laughs> the pressure. She's like, "You'll be fine. You you got this." She was so chill and just believed in me so much. I was like, oh, "Crazy, crazy!" Wow, that's and, that's huge. That's like a one day. Like, there's no retakes. It's not a headshot. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's in your own community, and everybody knew me, and you know, at one point you're treated like one of the family. Of course, like these are your people. 
But also on the other, they're also bossing you around because everyone <laughs> wants pictures. And they, there's no boundaries because they grew up with you. They've known you since you were five. And so it was a long day. It was a long day. And I think like many indigenous marriages, like where the North is known for big bridal parties. I think there was nine on each side at this one. <laughs> so it was it was hectic, but beautiful. And it kind of just took off from there. You know, people told people, people call me up. I had to get a website going because people are like, where can I see your pictures? And I was like, right, I guess. And I kind of went at this very backwards. And it was more word of mouth. And then finally kind of getting an online presence and using social media in a way that was effective for me. Mm -hmm. And then once again, once I became you know, um, the author of Indian love poems, um, it kind of took off again because <laughs> this was a whole new branch. And I'm not going to say like writing <sighs> is writing a business. Writing is a business. It's just a different kind of business I find. And using the same kind of models of like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc., And becoming this dual voice now one of indigenous erotica one of women's like body positivity one of you know indigenous womanhood and then on the other hand trying to remain not necessarily neutral but like uh i guess neutral i don't know i'm an uh, i'm an author who doesn't know the words right now but a neutral person who can still be in place for for the weddings for the ceremonies for the family photos you know and that's been a balance. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't ever use the word neutral to describe <laughs> you ever. Me neither. But <laughs> I'm going to need you to explain that a bit more because I don't see it. <laughs> but but like that's that's your appeal too. you are. Uh, legit every time that I had the honor of talking to you you are unapologetically yourself whether you're reading a book at the what it what was that public library of canada or whether you know we're just sitting around together you are just to kneel across the board like we could be on a panel together this is what you're gonna get we could be like chilling wow. this is what you're going to get um so yeah um, and then what happened? With, like, when did you decide or wh why did you decide to like, yeah, I'm going to publish a book? Like, what? I don't, like, how did that happen? Well, because I was a writer before I was a photographer. I was just a better photographer than writer. Wow. <laughs> Interesting that you say that. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to be a writer. Like, since I was in grade five, I was like, I'm a writer now. I didn't know what that meant, but I was doing it. And that was my path, right? Like I have a master's in creative writing and it wasn't until I was in Vancouver in 08 that I actually picked up my first DSLR, like the big cameras where the lens come off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hadn't even touched a camera really like for practical purposes until then. And I remember um, sitting at UBC, like under the sun and like drinking on the patio and with my friends and this camera in hand and like, having this epiphany, like my world shifted. And I kind of looked at my friend. I was just like, I want to be a photographer. Hmm. 
And she looked at me and like gave me the the slow blink that you give children. And she's like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) and I took that to mean as like, you dummy, like you already are. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're stating the obvious. (laughs) I just remember that look. And it took me a long time to kind of accept that this shift of photographer from writer to photographer wasn't me choosing one over the other. It was just another expression of storytelling and the way that I want to tell stories. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they marry together so perfectly. Like if you just, if you say that you are those two things, like in my mind, I can't see them working, but like your sweet moon photo, uh, you know, Instagram page, it's like, stunning and powerful like it's powerful like everything that you post is like wow it is about love and sort of because it's about love it's about healing too you know what i mean mm-hmm. like people a lot of people share your work and and quote you and stuff because you empower people through through your words and through like how you say it um, do you even know that you do that? Do you feel like you do that? <laughs> You're like, are you paying attention? To me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes and no. Um, I find, especially now, because like we're all in this COVID world and our little bubbles and we're not traveling. Oh, remember traveling? It was so mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I just kind of put my head down and I do my little writings and I'm like, keeping busy, still doing photography, working on myself, blah, blah, blah. But it's super isolated and super like in this very cultivated, curated bubble. Mm -hmm. So every now and then I will be like tagged in a post of my poetry here, my poetry there. It's going like super crazy viral over here. And I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah, it's always interesting. Um, so did you, when you first started doing this too, did you run into like, I, you were sort of the first person that I knew that was talking about, uh, indigenous sexuality, even though, you know, there's all kind of, you know, I think there's like a lot of dirty humor and jokes always <laughs> happening, but you were the first person to like, Put it in real form, not maybe in joke form, you know, because we have a lot of you. Know, we see a lot of uh, indigenous memes and jokes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, aunties and uncles. But you put it in a different way that I, I, I haven't seen, I hadn't seen, and still haven't seen. Were you ever scared? Like, oh, whoa. I was terrified. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There's many indigenous erotica authors out there: Gregory Schofield, Richard Van Camp, Leslie. Simpson, um, like so many, but um, I think I just came about at a time where Instagram was building up people, and I kind of got that hook, right? I like I snagged into something that would we could all as Indian country could relate to, and mm-hmm. um, but it was like it it was <laughs> it was low key terrifying because Indian love poems um, was published in 2017 already. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a while ago. And I had been writing it from like 2014, 2015. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, it took about a full year for it to kind of go through final edit. So I stopped writing these very specific poems for this book in 2016. So by the time it got published, I was already like a year out of it. And I had a year to kind of like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I mean, like you've seen me, like I am a plus size indigenous woman. Like I am a fat, thick, curvy, whatever you'll need to call it. And there's, there's such complicated feelings about desire and then put on top of it, indigenous desire, and then put on top of it, fat indigenous desire and all these crossed paths. And I have to navigate all this constantly. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm here for it. I'm here for that. I, I love learning. I love teaching others. Yes. But at one point I'm just like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> this light skinned, curly haired, like too many bellies to count <laughs> Indian woman. <laughs> Is a voice for indigenous desire. (laughs) I was having a moment that I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Like, yes, I am. (laughs) Yeah, like you own it. And I think I remember you wrote an article somewhere. I wish I had it in front of me, but where you you pump the brakes for a little bit and (laughs) you did it publicly on top of that. And I was like, whoa. This, like, honestly, you just amaze me. Like, no, I am doing what I want. This is what I wanted to do. Guess what? Change my friggin' mind. And I'm going to tell you straightforward why. And then you were like, jokes, I'm back again. It's like, wow. <laughs> but, like, that's life, too. I, can you tell us a bit about that? I will. I will. Um, Indian Love Poems, when I came out and we were doing readings and whatnot, I was very open, like Indian love poems started off between me and my friends, me telling my friends stories. And when I tell these stories, it's often very self-deprecating. I don't make fun of my lovers too much. I make fun of me. It's always a lesson that I've learned because, you know, I have the right to tell my story, but I can't tell their story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, consensual storytelling. So... That's how I write the book. And often when I speak it, and you've been at a couple of readings, like I make, like I'm loud, I invite laughter, I invite the humor because I find humor is a way into telling these stories. You know, we loosen up, we like giggle, we're in, we're, we're laughing with me and we're sharing the joke instead of being laughed at. Mm-hmm. So like, this is all very deliberate, but it just came at a point where people were devouring more than just the poetry. They were like devouring me in a way. Hmm. Like making assumptions about my trips, making assumptions about people I'd hang out with, people dump, jumping in the DMs, making assumptions about what type of person I am just because I advocate for positive sexuality. And I was like, you know what? Um, fuck y'all. <laughs> we can bleep that out if we need to, mm-hmm. but I am going to swear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But I was like, fuck y'all. And I wrote this article for CBC because they contacted me in like January of that year, 2019, 2020, 2020. Yeah. Just before COVID hit. And, um, they were like, let's like write something fun and flirty for like Valentine's day. And I was like, actually I'm off sex. Can I write about that? Yeah. And they were like, please. do." (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote about taking a year of abstinence or like, you know, just slowly withdrawing from sex as a physical practice and just, what that meant and how people around me reacted and why I did it of like my own little resistance. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Then at the end of it, I was just like a year's coming up in March and like, no, you don't get to ask what happens after. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, There was, there was a lot of feedback. There was a lot of feelings. There was a lot of talk. (laughs) 
I loved it. I was like, what is this woman up to now? Like, I I just like completely intrigued by how empowered you are, um, how fearlessly you say, nope, like, fuck this, period. End of story. Cool. It is absolutely no one else's business. And like, we can leave it at that as indigenous women. That's it. Period. Exactly. It was it was a surprise to me, I think, hence why I reacted the way I did. Um, that people couldn't differentiate between what I was willing to give them, like Indian love poems, poetry, art, photography, and what I wasn't willing to give them, like myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to create a boundary. And mm-hmm. I did in like <laughs> the most public way possible. But mm-hmm. it's been better, you know, it's been set and people know. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And so like you have a daughter, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you, sh- you share that pretty uh, openly mm-hmm. and uh, you, you're able to provide for yourself and your daughter through these, through your book. I assume that you get uh, royalties mm-hmm. mailed to you, whatever. <laughs> oh. through- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, and then, and through your photography and through you know, through what else is that like, and that's good. That works. Like it works for now. Don't get me wrong. Um, last year, two years ago was easier because you get paid for going to speaking gigs. Right. Obviously. Right. Um, but being a photographer is, I'll say my full-time gig and the perks that come up with being a published author are the speaking gigs that also help pay for my life. So it's manageable for sure. It's doable and I'm <laughs> grateful for it. But I mean, let's travel again soon. Let's get vaccinated and travel because that was a whole other aspect that, you know, growing up on reserve, growing up, I'm not going to say poor, but like, you know, not wealthy, Mm -hmm. travel has always been the goal. Like if I could live a life traveling on someone else's dime, yes, please. <laughs> yes, I, if I could pay you to travel to see me, I would all the time. Don't worry, it'll happen again. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, no, I I hear that. And so like that's the balance, right? Is finding what you're passionate about, what you're good at, um which those are two things obviously, like it's right there. It's it's so clear um that you're both for both of these these avenues, um, but also being able to, you know, th- first of all, survive, mm-hmm. but hopefully thrive. Um, and so, you know, what's your what was your most significant lesson, like learning about putting in a quote or being able to <laughs> say, oh, I'm going to charge a little bit more because I need to because I'm worth it. You know, like where, where when did that become a, a thing? <laughs> I it's it's been slow going. Um I still like remember the highest I've been paid for a gig, um, a photography gig that wasn't a wedding. And they said yes so quickly, and I was like, damn, I must have undercharged. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember hearing about the first time about what a man, like an indigenous man makes when he's doing a keynote. And I was like, why? wow why is it so much like thousands of dollars higher than mine 
And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're not even funny, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for him. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also like, <laughs> let's speak to our strengths, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this comparative of how people don't want to talk about money because you and I had this one discussion once where I was like, Loki, like looking at you, like squinting. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's like ready to fight like what Danielle like you knew oh, no. and I remember like Loki asking being like like how much do you like charge to like go do something like this because you work intensely you give 110% you do so much and you're on 24-7 like I've seen you at work and I'm like no not for me uh, <laughs> I'm like the come in and charm you for three hours and leave kind of person <laughs> but you're there and you said like something like a lot. And I was like, hey, you're like, Tanil, like up your prices. Like if you're leaving your kids, your house, you need a babysitter. You need like, this is time. Like up your, you didn't even ask what I was making. You're just like up your prices. <laughs> and I was like, this is so accurate. This is so accurate. Like I had never really thought about the time away from my family and all the work that takes into covering that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right, <laughs> I, I'm a mother <laughs> and I have to, like, put those costs in and like, oh. So I don't know. I think it was like the first time that I got rejected at my new prices. Because hmm. my goal now is to, like, make them higher every year because I'm like, yeah, every, like, March 30th, let's raise these prices. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that you have a deadline. March 31st and the fiscal, we exactly. go up 10 percent. <laughs> And I like how I get contacted towards the end of March for gigs because yes. everyone's trying to spend their dollars. I'm like, exactly. I will help you, boom. March is a great time for entrepreneurs. But March is a like, great time. I'm hyper-educated. Mm-hmm. I'm talented. I have a decade's worth of like work behind my name. I have multiple references. Like, know your damn worth. Yep. Yeah. But the first time that I was rejected at my new prices, I was like, that was humbling (laughs) yeah i'm like well damn i'm putting your name on the list of people i will not work with (laughs) i was so mad i was so better but no we have to take all of that into consideration i don't even recall having that conversation with you um but like i say that all the time because i feel like so many indigenous people undercharge compared to the non-indigenous community and i don't know if it's because of you know the self-confidence or just not knowing uh the the area that they're in and how much they can charge or how much other people charge you know google it google how much do people charge for this and trust me your prices might be a quarter of that if if anything like like we are under like cutting ourselves so it's time to like you know you're a published author times two uh Mm -hmm. you know uh, conversations with you oftentimes i'm like what what you're so smart what are you saying to me right now teach me (laughs) so you know that's a gift uh yeah and and i like talking about that stuff too um so i'm glad you asked me that question and i gave you those eyes you did. You were just like low key or like, I'm going to like change your world right now. Settle in. <laughs> but It's also super interesting. Cause like as a photographer, 
I'm very confident in my rates. And my rates right now are probably the highest in the city. And people who are better than me, because there are, like, stay humble, Tanil, um, <laughs> are like, people pay you that? I'm like, of course. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm an indigenous photographer in, like, a land of reconciliation. <laughs> of course they're paying me this. And it's like, I have no problem there. Mm-hmm. But it's once you mix in the academics or the writing and you've heard this all, well, I've heard this all my life in this writing academic world where like, oh, you know, just be grateful. Like, I'm like, I'm not grateful. They should be grateful. <laughs> like, I am here talking about like indigenous sexuality. This is mm-hmm. a good time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And. Yeah, it took a lot. Like me, Erica Lee, like we travel together a lot and like we call it our mini touring circle because <laughs> she's brilliant and she's invited everywhere to speak. And she'll be like, by the way, I know like this author, it's Neil Campbell. <laughs> and they're like, bring her. And I'm like, yay. But <laughs> that's how I think community works in like this system mm-hmm. where we bring each other up and we help each other get jobs and we like work with each other. Mm-hmm. But we've literally sat down and like, been like okay like what are you getting paid i'll match that or i'll take less so you can get this much like Mm -hmm. and but i mean like as much as we're advocating for each other and we'll do this for each other you bet your ass like caucasian white men aren't doing that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know they're just gonna take like their little ten thousand dollar check to the bank and be like cool and we're supposed to be grateful for like fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that is an interesting uh, a conversation, and I I don't know the numbers for all of that. Um, but I consistently see uh, Indigenous people always working together and trying to like help each other all the time. All the um, time. Yeah, and that's sort of part of our way, though. That's what we do. You know, that's what community does. Um, I think that's super more powerful than we even recognize yet. I think Um, I think we talk about it, but like, I don't even think we've really grasped if, you know, we added a few more people or added different communities and collaborating Mm -hmm. with, you know, I I think we haven't uh, or we're just coming into that right now. Um, Well, Like, like example, like a living, breathing example, I'll say like kinship and work environments, blah, blah, blah. We'll give it a title because I'm an academic, (laughs) but (laughs) so like you and I met, right? I want you, you and I, but like you and I and Heather Dixon met at the same event in like March, 2017 in Thunder Bay. And Heather and I clicked so much so that like three months later, she was visiting me on my home reserve in English River. And we worked, collaborated on a t-shirt thing together. And then again, six months later, three months later, she was back on my reserve again. We're doing more work. Then within like five months, she had her community bring me up. And I did work up in Whitehorse. And I'd never been to Whitehorse before. It was Mm. great. And that's how it kind of just went of us like mentioning each other's names to different people of where we were working so for the first two years of her and I friendship, like we met all over Canada. <laughs> wow. I know it, it was a great time. And now like my book, Nadine Nezu, um, the beadwork on the cover is by Heather Dixon. Mm-hmm. I seen that beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. 
And it's just about how like all these different stories and all these different opportunities come up and we mentioning each other's names because we're yep. bringing each other into into the good light. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I we I just uh, spoke to someone else and and about that about uh you know lighting someone else's candle with your flame. Yeah. You know that doesn't dim your light one bit. It just lights someone else up and lights someone else up and you know doing that you know collaborations with your book and like wow you could have put anything on the cover of your book and you know you're gonna showcase what she does and her talents and her beadwork and maybe that'll bring her a little bit more business and vice versa and how awesome is that you know exactly yeah okay so if you were to give advice to yeah this i can't (laughs) wait to hear if you were to give advice to a young indigenous woman, what would you tell her if she wants to start a business, if she wants to become a photographer, if she's scared to dream, if she's just beginning, she doesn't even know her way. What are you oh, going to tell her? So much pressure. Under pressure. <laughs> I'd probably tell her the same thing that I tell my daughter, honestly. Is just to be fearless. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. And I mean, honestly, rejection. But so what? Teaching. <laughs> so I've been rejected. Teaching yourself not to fear rejection and not to fear failure mm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Because we go into these things like me as a photographer, me as a poet, me as an academic. Oh, my goodness. And we don't know that it'll work. We want it to work. We have plans that it'll work. We have options and ideas and inspiration, but we don't know if it's going to work, especially as a business. Mm -hmm. And accepting that failure might be an option and it won't destroy you, Mm -hmm. but rather teach you is so important. Yep. I agree. I agree completely because uh, that's where you learn where all your muscles are. And what you're made of. And that'll give you all the strength that you need to be an entrepreneur once you're comfortable with that failure, failure. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember my failures, like, bright as day. And it's not like I sit there and relive them and be like, oh, the agony. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not at all. about it. (laughs) But no doubt. (laughs) Just you wait. I remember uh, that what mistakes I made and I damn sure have not made them again mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, owning a business and being responsible for people's joy mm-hmm. and my people's memories, people's experience is a huge responsibility. And, you know, on a deeper level, like, especially as a photographer, I'm capturing people's moments mm-hmm. and it doesn't just end once I leave the community. It's a con- continual process and in a good way of them, like, if I did a good job, they're going to recommend me to their friends, obviously. But I'm also representing my family. Like, I'm Isidore and Arnella Campbell's daughter. People mm-hmm. in North don't forget that. I'm representing my community. Like, I'm a Dene from English River First Nation and a Métis from the Batoche St. Laurent area. People mm-hmm. don't forget that. Mm-hmm. So it's never that I stand alone, but that I represent and stand with so much. And I think like that is a cornerstone of indigenous business. Like we don't stand alone. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. That's powerful and beautiful and well said. We don't stand alone. And I, I couldn't have said it any better. And so one more question um, okay. before I let you go for now. <laughs> So I'll never let you go in my heart. Never. I'm still waiting for our best friend tattoos that you promised me. I'm freaking ready. Yet to deliver on. We're going to get them next time. I don't care where we are. I don't care where we are either. We're getting them. 100%. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's on a podcast now. So if you don't see a picture of us in 2022 without matching tattoos, you can bring this podcast up. But you will. So it's relevant. This whole discussion is relevant. Like, we'll get it. Okay. Okay. But. So what would you tie what would the title of this podcast be? <laughs> Since you're so great with words. Um, damn, I don't know. What was it supposed to be? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. You just came up with a great title uh, five minutes ago. So I was like, that's great. That was so I feel all empowered and joyful. Good. And happy. I know you brought up a thing um, earlier in the conversation about how you and I rarely talk business. Yes. <laughs> but I think it's because also a cornerstone of indigenous women's business that it's such a small part of us. Mm. Like we're mothers, we're storytellers, mm. we're artists, we're community workers. And our business, yes, is our baby and it's prideful and we're joyful of it. But there's so many much, there's so much more that goes into that. Mm -hmm. I agree in my, in my bio, uh, it says like my name, uh, it says first and foremost that I'm a mom of four and where I'm from and all this, because that is my number one, you know, job in my life is my children and my family and my community. And that's oh. what I'm going to be remembered for. Um, you know, when we all arrive to that other, when we all, we all go to the spirit world, that's what I'm going to be remembered for. So I agree with you completely that yes, a job is, you know, entrepreneurship is there, but it's not just who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still don't know the title. I'm sorry. I was no, avoiding it, that's okay. but I trust you to choose something great. Well, I was just wondering what you'd come up with. I'm sure it would have been great. That's why I'm like, why do someone else's job when they're so great at it? Perfect. I don't know. Like being poetic, being like strawberries with sunshine and tineo. I don't know. That is actually very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you could do it. I just knew it. Uh, well, kichimigwech, Tenille. Um, I always love chatting with you. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna cross paths again later on. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on and sharing your beautiful, beautiful story and for being so honest. And uh Min, we'll see you again. Thank you for joining us today on the Pow Wow Pitch Podcast, dedicated to empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. Thank you to our co-presenting partners, RBC, Facebook, and Shopify. To our syndicate partners, Startup Canada. To our producers, Victoria Lennox and Cyprian Shalankevich. And to everyone who makes Powwow Pitch possible. Be sure to visit powwowpitch.org to explore how we can support you to start your business and sign up to our newsletter to learn more about the Indigenous Startup Program to get access to training and mentors. The Powwow Pitch Competition for your chance to win up to $25,000 and the Indigenous Entrepreneurship Awards to celebrate your success. 
Until next time, I am your host, Sunshine Quemtonasco. Miigwech. Miigwech.